What is up, everyone, and welcome to the College Catholics Podcast, episode two. We're so glad you're here. Thank you for tuning in to episode one, if you did last time. Um, as If you're here for the first time, just a brief intro about us. We're just a few college students that want to get together, and if you're a college student or a young adult, this is for you, because we will be talking about our faith journeys, our lives, anything that's going on um, with the journey of being a Catholic in college. So um, please hit us up with feedback. If you have any questions, um, we'd love to answer them or um, discuss them on the podcast. Send us a DM at College Catholics. And uh, as always, we're not perfect. We're sinners. We're young people, especially. So anything we share, you're welcome to reject it if it's not helpful on your journey to be a saint. But I invite you to know that if this is challenging, but good, pray about it. Talk to Jesus. Pray talk to a friend, and um, let's continue the conversation. So today, I want to invite Ricky Cruz. What is up, Ricky? What's up, man? How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm really cold. Ah, oh, man. It's really cold. The weather is crazy. Yeah, Ricky says that, but we're located in Orange County, California, so I mean, I, I see where he's coming from because I'm also cold, but um, if you're listening from the East Coast, you're probably like, these guys are so weak. Facts, so. <laughs> yeah, um, so other than being cold, Ricky, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I am a senior at Cal State Fullerton here in Orange County. Um, I am studying marketing. Um my favorite foods are sushi and Korean barbecue. Yes, sir. Um, Shik Durak all the way for, <laughs> for all the fans, you know. Yes. Um, but I am also a freelance graphic designer and creative, um, which has been taking a lot of my time during this break, which is nice. Um, just keeping me busy. Um, and yeah, that basically a little bit about me yeah thanks for sharing and if if you don't know me i'm eugene i'm a senior at santa clara university also studying marketing um i am blessed to have a community at santa clara that i get to meet virtually so grateful for y'all if you're listening um ricky i've known you since like high school and like it's, it's crazy now we're on a podcast together how do you feel <laughs> It's a long time coming. <laughs> it's a long time coming. We did talk about this for years. So Me and Eugene would always talk about starting a podcast. Yeah. But we never ended up doing it because we were just too lazy and too naive. You know, and Kieran too. And Kieran, oh, yeah. if you're listening, dude, you got to hop on this train as well. Podcast with a vibe. Speaking of, we got some uh, of our first feedback slash letters. Um, first one coming in from Maddie Smith. Love the podcast. I'm such a podcast nerd. This was a gift in this new year. Haha. Um, that was actually a text to me, but I wanted to read it because uh, shout out Maddie. Shout out to everyone that's listening. Uh, we love you too. And it's a lot of fun. So let's go on to our What's Poppin'? The Culture Corner, we like to call it. Yeah, Ricky. So. Let me, what's, let me, what's, what's popping? What's popping in, in a culture life? What's up? So I, I actually have a really big question. Mm. 
What's the best fried chicken sandwich out there? Oh, fried chicken sandwich. Ooh. Oh man, that's tough. I and mean, you got your uh, Nashville hot chickens. You got your uh, your chain restaurants like Chick Fil A. Um, so like, which fast food restaurant has the best the best fried um, chicken sandwich? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say um, I'm gonna say this may be controversial, but. Popeyes. I agree. Thank you. Thank you. I <laughs> but, agree. But for the whole experience, I would say Chick-fil-A. I mean, with the shake, with the fries, with the sauce. But I, I like my, I want my fried chicken sandwich to be crispy. Yeah. I, it's always soggy. It's always soggy. It always is. So uh, hit us up if you know any good spots. We've been trying to discover some here in Orange County. So uh, let us know. Um, what else is popping? You seen any movies recently? Oh, Wonder Woman, 1984, <laughs> right? Is that yeah. 19? Oh my gosh. Oh no. <laughs> I, I couldn't... So, disclaimer, I didn't finish the whole thing because it was that bad. I think I made it to 20 minutes. Ooh. I was like, this is garbage. Are you allowed to have an opinion on it then? I think so because everybody oh, else wow. had an opinion on it. <laughs> yeah, maybe this is a, a, a warm take or a cold take if you agree. But yeah, I watched Wonder Woman New Year's Eve. Um, you know, not, not a huge fan. DC can't get it right. Yeah, I just feel like it's some, it's got that, there's missing that sauce. Everything just feels so disconnected. Um, we won't spoil it this time like we spoiled Soul last time. But uh, <laughs> if you haven't watched it already, I'm sure, I think it's on HBO Max. Um, let us know how you feel about Wonder Woman. But yeah, Marvel all the way for me. Um, speaking of Wonder Woman, what's going on news? Uh, obviously, we can't go on without... You know, talking about Trump getting blocked on Twitter, suspended, and then even more prominently, what happened at the Capitol? Yeah. Um, I don't know, Ricky, how did, how did you feel that day on Wednesday? It, it was like, it was really embarrassing because a lot of my relatives who live overseas, um, like, messaged me and say, yo, what's going on? Um in the U.S. right now with everybody at the Capitol. And I don't know, I, it was it was the first time, I guess in a long time, where I was really embarrassed to kind of explain like what's going on here in our country. And I don't know, I was really discouraged with what was going on and it was just really uncalled for and it just kind of pushes the divide even further between people here. Yeah. I remember that day um, because I was I technically deleted Instagram and I wasn't supposed to be on it, but so many people were texting me like, oh, have you heard what's happening? Like, uh, y'all pray for the capital, pray for um, our people, our nation. Um, and I, and I'm, I go on it as a, on a whim on like Instagram, Twitter, and it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, and yeah, I also felt discouraged. I remember looking at my mom, you know, like, showing her these these calls for what people are calling a protest, a riot, an act of terrorism, and her just being like, man, I never really expected the, the United States to happen like this. But, you know, everything, I guess 2020, 2021 is a year of unexpectedness. Um, I do want to mention, though, like, our God is a God of justice. Um, our God is also a God of goodness um, and, and righteousness, and that we, if we see that throughout Scripture... Um, and I think this is a call to trust, to trust in God 
And if our first reaction is not to pray um, as our first weapon, as our first defense, um, I think, think this is a call to do that. Um, because what happened at the Capitol, I think no matter which party, what, however you want to frame it, it is sin. Um, and I want to share with you this, this verse from Ephesians, right? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 says, Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Right. So like, I'm, sh I'm sure we get, we experience this, we see anger, we see a lot of um, anger throughout the world, but uh, I guess this is a short little encouragement. We can do another pod episode on, on, on righteous anger, but um, let it be without sin, as the Lord says. And he gives us, as we talk about today, um, the example of Christ, the example of the suffering servant, um, who in the past Sunday's reading uh, is said to be the servant, uh, the chosen one, um, who God is well pleased, who has, who is put on the spirit, who shall bring forth justice to the nations, not crying out, not shouting, not making his voice heard in the street. A bruised reed he shall not break, and a smoldering wick he shall not quench until he established justice on the earth. The coastlands will wait for his teaching. Yeah. So we know that that is Jesus, that he has come to win the victory of justice. Um, he's come to us to renew the covenant, to, to be a light to the nations, to open the eyes of the blind, to bring out prisoners from confinement, and those who live in darkness. Um, so in this moment, know that you're, you're not alone, um, that God is with us. Um, and so we'll dive into our first question and our first topic. So our first letter to the podcast comes in from Abby Fafinski, writing from Minnesota. Hi guys, love the podcast. I would also love to know more about how we can use suffering to grow closer to God rather than have it cause a wedge between us and God. <laughs> Bars. Crap. <laughs> and she ends with a little heart emoji. <laughs> Just to... Uh... Soften the blow of the question. <laughs> yeah. Well, <clears throat> suffering. Suffering. I know I, I, I get a lot of, um, of questions and a lot of people that kind of share. Um, and also how I felt when I came to the faith was like, why would a good God let the world suffer? And like, how do we respond to suffering? Um, I don't know, Ricky, have, have you kind of dealt with that too? Yeah, I think especially now in the pandemic, you know, and not really being able to do certain things to see people um, kind of just being confined to your room or just your house has been hard for me. It's taking a mental toll on me. Um, and I've seen it kind of affect my relationships with my family and my friends and um, just how I interact with people. Um, and most importantly, it's really affected my faith life. And um, yeah, it's been hard because, you know, the only thing that we hear nowadays is COVID this, COVID that. Um, and, you know, it's it's like we're worshiping this, this disease and we're not really 
listening what God has to say. And that's something that I've been taking time to properly discern and like really listen to where Christ is leading me, especially right now in this, where all the noise is happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's hard because, you know, that's what everybody just talks about. Well, suffering sucks and it it's really like the world, like the world suffers. There is never... I'm sure never been a moment in human history where there has not been suffering. Um, and yeah, like how, how do you respond to suffering? Cause like, it's not easy, but in like everyday life or just when you see suffering, like, and, and it's, it's not easy. Like how do we respond? Like, honestly? Mm. Yeah. I think the way that I've responded to suffering has definitely changed. I think when I was younger, it would always be like whining or like crying yeah. to my parents, you know, compared to now where, you know, responding to suffering, it's hard to kind of, you know, because like you dic- you dictate basically how you're going to go about a certain challenge, right? Yeah. Um, I think for me now as a young adult responding to suffering looks more of like taking a step back and really just asking, you know, how, how can I get out of this? Yeah. What, what is like the way to get out of this? And sometimes it's, sometimes it's harder sometimes and other times it's easier. Um, but it's just all about, that's the first question that comes to my mind. How can I get out of this? How can I get through this? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I just, suffering has been not <laughs> absent in my life. And I think um, my response definitely has ranged from, you know, you, you start, the first feeling is definitely like discomfort, yeah. pain, sadness. Yeah. And then to like, almost this like blame, like, why not someone else? Like, why me? this feeling of like looking at yourself looking at the world and having this negative view. And I remember um, my mom used to share this homily that um, that really impacted her because her life was not with, without suffering and um, you, you won't see it, but she's been through a lot. And, um, and she remember, she said she remembered this homily where the priest said like the difference between a Christian and an atheist is that when an atheist um, encounters suffering, they ask, why me? Um, and when a Christian encounters suffering, they ask, why God? Right? And it's, it's valid to have these questions in our life. But when you look at God, I think God didn't will suffering. Like when you think about sin, when you think about death even, like in scripture, God didn't will that. Look at Genesis chapter 1 through 3. Um, Father Mike Schmitz is leading a beautiful Bible New Year podcast about it, but Genesis chapter one, verse three, like the creation story of creating this garden um, where we had the divine presence and there was no suffering and God gave us the free will. And that free will is what lets sin enter the world, that we chose um, a broken world. And that is that is what the reality of the world is. And it came from pride came from this root of all sin that we wanted to be like God or more powerful than God that we wanted to be completely self-sufficient yeah 
and I think um, knowing that, like knowing this is a broken world, like how, what do we do? Like, what is our response? And I think God did, you know, it was a long process, but he sent his only son, right? To remind us of that we are loved in the midst of suffering. And he gives us not just um, another prophet, not just, you know, a reminder that, you know, God is here, but literally God came. And then he gives us this, this radical example of suffering, right? Like, Another thing too with suffering is that I definitely like tend to compare myself a lot. Like, I don't know if you do that a lot, Ricky. Oh yeah. Right. All the time. Yeah. Cause like, like even when we were talking about COVID, like we can talk about how much how uncomfortable it is to be locked in our house, but then there's people also like dying from COVID, from other diseases, from cancer, like suffering, like from way, way greater things than us. And I think it's okay to do that. I think it, it leads us to if it leads us to compassion, like that is the fruit of it. But if it leads us to guilt or this feeling of shame, that's not, that's not what it was meant or that's not healthy. Right. Cause in, in the garden, like the first response to this reality of sin was shame. Like Adam and Eve, the immediate thing they want to hide, they want to hide um, what they did and what they, the, the situation that they're in. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. Ricky, do you have any thoughts? Yeah. I think the number one thing that pops out to me right now, just after hearing all of that and um, just thinking about the creation story and Adam and Eve is pride and how pride is, it's, it's good for a moment, but it honestly causes more suffering than anything else. I think that pride is a product of suffering and suffering is a product of pride um there there comes a point where we have to take a step back and say all right like i can't control this fully i think that's where i kind of struggle when i deal with suffering is trying to figure out what i can do but the best thing that i can do sometimes is take a step back and be humble and say all right god i want to let you in and really just take the reins on this one because we see throughout all throughout the bible how it talks about being humble and seeking Christ. Um, in Romans chapter 8, verse 18, it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. But we can't see that glory. We can't see it be revealed if we ourselves are covering the truth with our own thoughts, with ourselves and our pride. Um, you know, it. It, like even when I was younger, it we you know we're taught to ask for help, right? Yeah. When we're older, it seems like it's harder to ask for help, especially from God in mm. times of suffering. It seems like we can't see the light, we can't see anything good. But to God, that you know, He always has a plan for us, a plan that is best for us. But oftentimes, you can't see it. Probably 99% of the time you can't see it. Yeah. And that's where full surrender, full humility needs to come in to be really, to realize that. Yeah. That's a great point. Like that humility, it's like, um, like not being more than what you are, but also not being less, like owning up to that 
and just being real. I can think with, with uh, a lot of misconception about Christians that we're supposed to be like optimists. Um, and I don't think we're supposed to be optimists. We're not supposed to be pessimists. We're meant to be realists. Um, and so like you see this throughout the life of Jesus um, in the very words that is spoken in scripture and in the, in the words like compassion, like compassion with suffering, to suffer with someone. Like that is a definition of compassion. Um, even the word patience, I don't know if you know this, but it means long suffering. Um, and that can mean very different things. Like if you're a student, um, like suffering maybe a, a finals week or a midterm week or something going on at home. If you're a married couple, like that suffering could look very different. Um, and it can be a result of your external surroundings or something internal. Um, and sometimes life's not fair. And yet to know that God has a plan is not just like this blind trust. It's like this deep, like inner peace. Um, it's not just saying like, I'm fine. I think like saying like, I'm fine. is like one of the most dangerous things you can do in your faith and in your life. Like if you're not fine, like that's okay. If you're like a guy that needs to own up to this vulnerability, like you're not fine, like that's okay. Like if you need to seek out mental health resources or like physical health resources or like, or especially like spiritual health, like the sacraments, confession, that is not just not okay. Like that is the best thing to do. <laughs> Like, and that is hard to realize. And, um, and so if you're listening and you, and you need that, then seek it. If you know someone that needs it, like just be there for them. Like let's, let's help each other out. Cause if there's one thing all humans have in common is that suffering and it binds us. And it's, it's beautiful that God chose to come to show us that he is also in the same boat that he can suffer. Um, and once again, that inner peace, there's this beautiful quote from St. Francis of Sales. Do not lose your peace for anything whatsoever, even if the whole world seems upset. Right? And so think about that. Um, be not afraid. Right? Um, let's look to the example of St. Paul, for example. Like St. Paul writes in um, scripture about like having this thorn in his side, having this suffering and asking the Lord three times to take it away. And yet he still feels the suffering. And he writes in his letter, like, I will boast of my weaknesses, not my strengths. Like I will glory in my weaknesses, right? Because Jesus Christ is present through the weaknesses. And it is through our testimony of weakness that others can see God's working of mercy. Cool. So um, I think that's a good segue into our next topic, which is why Jesus came. So we're going to take a short break and we'll see you back here soon. So this week's plug of the week is the creation project yes sir ricky you want to give us like a quick intro on what the creation project is yeah so the creation project is um basically a small little project that me and my friends started march at the beginning of quarantine last year um and it's just basically a community of young creatives from all throughout the world um just to come in um listen to a talk from a really awesome professional catholic creative 
Um, and it's just a space and a place to meet people, to collaborate, um, and just to grow in faith and in craft. Um, so we're having our 12th session this Thursday, January 14th at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Um, and we're having Joe Kim from Pal Campaign, who is a creative director at Pal Campaign, um, coming in. He's going to be talking about storytelling through our art. Yes, and go follow at the Creation Project on Instagram. He says small community, but you guys have a lot of followers. Uh, you got a lot of big gatherings. So if you're a Catholic creative out there that uh, wants an outlet and also wants a community that just supports you, um, this is for you. So go ahead and check it out. All right, coming back to our second topic of today, why Jesus came. You know, like it's funny because like, I guess this can be a deep topic, um, but when I think of, like, Jesus coming, like, um, I don't think of, like, the the flares and the trumpets and, like, whatever, heaven's parting, which I, sh- I, I probably should, but I, I don't know, maybe it's the season. I think of little baby Jesus and, like, him coming as a baby. What about you? The baby Jesus. <laughs> baby Jesus. Baby Jesus. That's all that I, that's what I think about, the baby Jesus. Yeah. And then we know that story, like a lot of us know it by heart, you know, like the Magi and the Shepherds and um, it's pretty wild because I think it kind of goes over our head. Um, I think some some common uh, conceptions that we have of like why Jesus came, um, I don't know, we'd love to hear what you think um, and what, what you pray about and what, what words are coming to mind. Um, but we know that in the Old Testament, the... The prophets, the Israelites, were expecting um, the coming of something big, right? And um, I'm paraphrasing here, but uh, throughout Scripture, it's it's they're prefacing this the coming of you know the righteous one, the the glorious one, the King of all kings, the one that will redeem them, the one that will restore Jerusalem to its former glory, um, and unite them to the divine. Um, this priest, this prophet, this king. And then little baby Jesus comes, right? And in all humility and what and in what God could have done in anything that he could have done, he chooses um, to send his son and he chooses uh, the humility of someone that is fully human. Um, why, do you, why do you think that is? I, I think I've heard literally hundreds of homilies where priests ask that question. It's like, oh, why do you think Jesus came down as a baby and not as a king? And all of them like vary in answers, which is kind of weird. But um, I think there's something so special about God coming down as a child, like as a baby, going from heaven as the king of the universe, the king of kings, to a baby being born in a manger, literally like in a cave in the middle of nowhere. And the, I, I think that the reason for that is Christ really teaching us, going back to the topic of humility, like going to, like the fact that he came down from this high 
position, basically, heaven. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> he came from heaven to earth. Yeah, pretty high. Yeah, pretty high. <laughs> pretty high up there. But, um, you know, coming from the title of King of Kings, you think about God as this huge, omnipotent being, and then humbling himself to come down to earth as a baby. There's something powerful about that to show that a God who loves us so much is willing to humble himself to send down his son and to come to earth as a baby. Yeah. And not just that, you know, like, you know, the story of, of Christ, you know, what he, he did and, and C.S. Lewis, I mean, we could talk about Christology for like hours and hours and days and years and still not have the perfect understanding of it. But C.S. Lewis brings up this great point. Like, what was the purpose of it all? What did he come to do? Well, to teach, of course. But as soon as you look into the New Testament or any other Christian writing, you will find they are talking about something completely different, about his death and his coming to life again, right? And he gives us this, like, logical, like, thinking and process of that leads to the main reason why he came to earth. The reason he came, what he came to do was to suffer and be killed. That, that's, that hits, right? And we just talked about suffering and we know the physical suffering he went to, but also that the suffering that he took on everything to redeem us. So the catechism describes it as Jesus came one for the revelation of the Father, to reveal the Father, to show us the Father, right? To show us God, um, where as before, um, the complete understanding of God was not accessible and now it is through Jesus. The second is that his life is the mystery of redemption. So when you think of redemption and what it means, like you redeem a coupon, like you redeem something that um, is owed to you. Redemption also meant like paying the price of someone's life. Like paying the, the price for a slave. For the, free, the price of freedom for a slave. And there's a lot of allegory and a lot of, you know, what goes into it to like literally talking about like how Judas was paid um, the, the amount of money for the plot of uh, a land, a plot of a burial ground, right? For an unknown person. Also like the, that's the price he paid. Um, but the price he paid in, in his passion and his death and in his resurrection, that was to redeem us, to free us, to give us the way to the Father the way to heaven um so in essence c.s lewis also says like if you're ready to accept jesus as a great moral teacher but don't accept his claim to be god right um there's three there, there really is only three ways to view god to view jesus that he's either a liar that he made all these things and statements up that he is the son of god that he's a lunatic, that he's crazy, that he's some kind of demon, that he's some kind of um, raving mental health illness patient. Or thirdly, you can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. Like Thomas did at the resurrection. Like he's either a liar, he's a lunatic, or he's Lord. Um, so the question is like, how do you respond to that? And like, who is Jesus to you? Like, who do you see Jesus as? Um, and I think that's more relevant and more 
um, tells us more about who we see Jesus as in the way we go about our daily lives, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, what are your days filled with <laughs> as a college student, as someone who has a job? Like, what do you think? Yeah. What do I think about? Like, what's, what's your day filled with? Like, does it point to this mystery of redemption? Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, not all the time. Not all the time. I, I recently went to a mass where this priest was talking about prayer and worship. And he ended the homily asking us, like, what do we worship? And me and Eugene always make this joke about how some worship leaders that we know start, um, like, worship with explaining what worship means. Um, and we always laugh about how worship means, like, um, putting worth into something. But that's really powerful if you think about it. What do we put worth on? in our daily lives what do we worship in our daily lives and as soon as like i thought about that i'm like holy crap like there are things that i worship before god in my daily life whether it be my job school uh the news um politics all these things that are happening around us right now have in a way turned into our god Mm. somebody that we're putting our time and energy into yeah yeah, and that is like so <laughs> tied to what we talked about last time um, about habits, about prayer, and, and and going back to that, like why do we pray? And if that answer isn't clear, and if it's if you don't see the face of Jesus at the end of that prayer, um, I invite you to to work on that. Not only to work on that, but to invite Jesus into those areas of your life where you feel like. It cannot be redeemed. Like it cannot be given to him. Um, and also like thinking about things like, why do you go to mass? Like, why do we go to mass? Right. You know, cause what Jesus did wasn't just death on a cross. Like what, what did he do the night before he died? Instituted the Eucharist, the last supper. And, and the apostles were dedicated to this life of breaking bread and of, of celebrating this sacrament. And yet, when we go to Mass, like, sometimes it's for the music, or sometimes it's for the community, or it makes me feel good, or it gives me, uh, helps me calm down, or um, just something my family does that we've been doing for a while, a tradition, whatever, or an obligation. But in reality, you're, you're face-to-face with the Son of God, the one who sacrificed it all for you. Um, and that's why He came, right? To be accessible, and to let you know that heaven is accessible, And the way we go about our lives shows the worth, once again, that we see Jesus, who we see him as. Because if you see him as a healer, as he is in in scripture, um, then I think they would be very different when we pray to him for healing. (laughs) When we pray for uh, a friend or an aunt or a grandma that has has COVID, like our prayer would look very radically different if we truly believe that he is the healer that he is the exorcist that he is the the res he is resurrection uh he has resurrection power and has 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 um given that ability and that power to us um to, to create our souls eternally um i guess if you're still struggling with that um fall in love with scripture um that might take a while maybe um maybe start with a few pages but like look through scripture and look where god says i am like that is a powerful thing. I am. 
Um, that, that is something that is so powerful. Like um, even in interviews, like that's like the first question they ask, like, tell me about yourself. And we're like, I am. Like God wants to reveal his identity. And he does it in the Old Testament by saying, I am who I am, right? Like Yahweh, <laughs> like the, a, a name so great that, um, that it wasn't meant to be said. And it was um, something that encompassed like the reality of God being everything. But then also through Jesus, he reveals himself through I am statements. Like for example, in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Um, I am the narrow gate. I am the vine. You are the branches, right? So, so all these things come together for what? Um, to know you, to love you, to, to let you know um, that what he wants in return is your heart, right? Um, so uh, I wanted to share this last quote with you. Um, and it's that... Once again, from Mere Christianity, <laughs> such a good book, check it out. Um, Christianity asserts that every individual being is going to live forever, human being. And this must be either true or false. And immortality makes this other difference, which by and by has a connection with the difference between totalitarianism and democracy. If individuals live only 70 years, then a state or a nation or a civilization, which only lasts for a thousand years, is far more important than an individual. But if Christianity is true, then the individual is not only more important, but incomparably more important, for he is everlasting, and the life of a state or a civilization compared with his is only a moment. Only a moment. So, or that suffering, that a struggle you have with the current state of the world, that is only a moment compared to the eternity of your soul, what God wants to spend with you, that, why, that is why he came. Um... So yeah, um, anything else you want to share, Ricky? If you feel discouraged or you feel like you're in a dark time in just your faith life or in life in general, I know recent times it's been super hard. You know, it's, people are suffering. A lot of people are suffering. Um, really challenge yourself to turn your eyes towards God and ask those questions of what do I worship? What can I give up? What am I putting my worth on? And really just thinking about and praying about what Eugene just said, how God always says, I am who I am. I am. I think that's such a powerful statement for all of us to reflect on and really a statement that we should put our trust in, especially during times of suffering and times of uncertainty. Um, and just most of all, most importantly too, to be part of a community. I yeah. mean, community is always very important, hold each other accountable, but to also pray with each other and to be with each other. Yes, amen. Um, you can be a saint. Uh, dive into the lives of the saints and you will see that uh, once again this firm belief in why Jesus came and in this uh, readiness to accept suffering this patience and this compassion um, yeah I mean like it's crazy like Jose Sanchez del Rio um, look him up he 
would not renounce his faith when the the Mexican government condemned the Catholic faith and uh, accepted martyrdom and went through all this, this so much suffering in front of so many people, um, so much temptation to give in, um, and and had this choice between saying death to Christ the King to spare his life and said instead said Viva Cristo Rey, long live Christ the King. So. May Christ rule in your heart. May Christ rule in our lives, um, not only today, but forever. Uh, so, Ricky, would you like to close us in prayer? Yeah. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord Jesus. We welcome you into this place. Look, I just ask that you send down your spirit upon us, upon those who are listening to guide us through our suffering, to guide us in our doubt, to remind us that you are God, that you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. God, remind us that where there's darkness, there's light, and that's where you are. Give us a humble heart to be able to say yes to you. Give us a humility to only worship you and not other things or ourselves. And that any challenge that we may have to just guide us and to remind us that we are loved and that you are there and that you are God. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this a uh, little longer and uh, more serious episode. But I hope you have a good rest of your week and see you next episode. Peace. Peace.